0: Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students podcast. This week, Drew Toller spoke from 1 Peter chapter 2 on the mission we have as believers and what it looks like to live that mission out in community. Follow along and we hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Drew uh, Toler. I am <coughs> currently living in Greenville. Uh, just recently moved here two months ago and I have loved just about every second of it. Uh, So far, I'm going to bring this down just a little bit so I can see you guys' faces over here. Uh, It has been a while since I've been on this stage teaching. Um, Last time I was here, it would have been a little bit over a year ago. Uh, For those of you who don't know or maybe haven't seen me around, I was the pastoral intern a little over a year ago, not this last summer, but the summer before. And so uh, I was blessed with the opportunity to teach here and it was a lot of fun. But since then, I have graduated college, so I'm now an adult. And it sort of stinks, if I'm honest. Uh, you go to work nine to five, I guess you guys go to school like eight to three or whatever, so that doesn't sound very good. Eight to six? Oh, good. goodness, no thank you. Uh, where's Joby at? Joby, Joby? Oh, wow, back there in the, the darkness. Uh, so. I know Joby because I actually did my last semester of school uh, as a student teacher, and so (laughs) Joby was my student. Who else is over here? Huh? Sorry, I can't see your face. Victor. Okay, cool, cool, yeah, yeah, I didn't even see you earlier, Victor, but um, I got to teach them for 10 weeks at Southside Christian, uh, and that was uh, an adventure, a lot of fun. Hopefully, Victor and Joby would say good things about me, but... I don't need that affirmation, I actually do. Um, anyway, if you guys want, you guys can go ahead and open up your Bible to First Peter chapter two. Uh, we will get into that in just a second. But as you guys are turning, uh, I wanted to ask a question. What is one of the best feelings in life? Like whenever this happens, you just can't help but be happy. Does anyone have something, whether it's like uh, a sports game or something, yeah? Winning money? Is that what you said? Winning money? How, how would you go about winning money? Uh, <laughs> okay, getting a lottery ticket at, how old are you? Thir- 12? <laughs> 13? At 13, winning a lottery ticket. Uh, I have not done that, yeah? Uh, whenever, I walk into the Lego store. whenever you walk into the Lego store. How many here love Legos? Yeah, yeah, okay. Anyone else? Yep. Yeah, finally getting a project done or like what, what would that be that you've been working on for years? Uh, book. Your book. Okay, I'd love to hear more about that maybe after service. Yeah. Yeah, see your friends, draw, do something you love. Yeah, those are all things that like whenever we uh, experience them, we love and, and like we feel valued and we feel like we have a purpose. In my, in my opinion, one of my favorite things, and this is sort of a weird thing, and maybe you don't think about it very often, but what I treasure most and what I value most is whenever somebody chooses me over something else. Like if I have a friend that could either go and do this, something with their friend, maybe go out to the park with their friend, and they could invite me, but they choose not to, and I find out about that, man, that, that sort of hurts my feelings and it makes me not feel valued. But... Let's say somebody does choose to invite me or does choose to bring me into something. I feel extremely valued and I think we all want to be chosen in relationships, to be chosen in life. Let's think about a sports team. Like how many of you want to be chosen to be one of the starters on the sports team, right? Like you don't wanna just sit the bench. You want to play the game. How many of you want your artwork or music or book to be well known? Like you want to be chosen. You want people to to look at your art and be like, wow, that stuff is so, so good. There's a value there. And as we are people, there are things that we want to be chosen with. Like one of my friends, his name is Ian. He's been one of my best friends, one of my oldest. Oh, hey, Gabriel. Sorry, I didn't even see you. He was also one of my uh, Southside uh, kiddos, but... Um, so Ian, he could have chosen to take a bunch of different people on this cruise when, and I was two years younger than him. So he just graduated high school and I'm a sophomore and he says, no, Drew, I want you to come on a cruise with me. A four day cruise, all expenses paid is so much fun, but I felt extremely valued by that. I felt extremely loved that he would want to choose me in this. And so whenever we're talking about life, We want to be chosen for these things because there's something special there. And in community, there is a specific uh, thing that God has chosen us for that we'll talk about. But before we talk about that, for those of you that maybe weren't here last week, I wanted to just recap JJ's lesson just super quick. His main point that he was talking about was community changes you. The people you surround yourself with, they will change who you are, and if you don't believe it, you'll see it in the next few years. Look at the people that you are in school with. Who they're hanging out with, they will become like them. And so surround yourself with those people that you want to become like. If you wanna be loving, surround yourself with people that are constantly encouraging and building one another up. And JJ even talks about, hey, desire to be people or a God-glorifying community are people who gather together, and encourage one another, and spur one another to love. They gather together, encourage one another, and spur one another to love. And so as you surround yourself with people, look for those people, the ones that want to encourage you, the ones that want to push you to be better, and the ones that honestly, in my opinion, in my experience, are the ones who love God and want to talk about Him and how God's working in their life. But uh, there is another important thing to know about community. And that other important thing is that you guys, collectively, as a community, us, if you are a believer, have a mission. We have a communal mission from God. And that's what we're gonna look at in 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse nine. So if you're there, we'll have it up on the screen uh, and they can go ahead and throw that up. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse nine says this, "'But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, "'a holy nation, a people for his own possession.'" Pause, okay? Some of that language might seem a little weird, right? A chosen race. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. Like, some of this probably feels a little bit foreign. Like, I'm not a royal priest, a holy nation. Like, maybe go America. Like, is that what that means? Like, yeah, red, white, and blue, we're a holy nation. I, that, that's not what Peter would be saying here because America isn't even found anywhere uh, near that time. But what Peter is trying to do here as he writes this letter to Christians that are scattered across a bunch of Roman rule, so at the time Rome was ruling, there are a bunch of Christians scattered. They wouldn't feel like a people that were united. They wouldn't feel like a holy nation. They wouldn't feel like a priesthood. But what Peter is telling them is, hey, this job of being this priesthood, of teaching the word and of living out who you are as God's people is actually belongs to you. It used to belong to the Jews. The Jews were God's chosen people. They were supposed to be people who shared the good news of who God was to everyone. And whenever they were looked upon, whenever other nations looked at the Jews, they were supposed to see God the Father and say, wow, their God is something else. But as we know the story, the Jews reject Jesus. And so God, in his sovereign plan, in his all-powerful plan, says, hey, I'm gonna actually choose the Christians, those who can believe in me. Gentiles, Jew, whoever it may be, if you believe in Jesus who came and died on the cross for our sins and that he resurrected again on the third day. Hey, this is your mission now. But wait, what that mission is, is right there. Look back at the verse. We'll start from the beginning again. But you, us, are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. That, here's the mission, You may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light if you're a believer there's a story there we have a story and i think all of us love to hear these stories love to experience stories we love to hear people telling these awesome really really sweet stories and in my uh, opinion, one of my favorite stories to tell is of a family that I've gotten to know over the last few years. Uh, we'll call them John, uh, Mr. John for now. Um, but Mr. John, he, is, uh, he has a bunch of four girls, one, one boy, him and his family have grown up going through a bunch of highs and lows financially. And growing up and having kids at the time, he felt like God was telling him to put his kids in a specific school, but this school costs a lot of money, and so he was living on this property that had a vineyard, and this vineyard was had never really been doing good they'd get these, they'd get these grapes and no real good wine would come from it, and he 'd have to end up paying more to till and to keep the land than it would to, than he would get back. And so one year, he felt like God was really telling him to put his kids in a specific school. And so he did. And without the money, he trusted that God would. And so he goes and he puts his kids in the school and he gets this invoice from the school saying, hey, we need you to pay some $28,000. $28,000 to keep your kids in school uh, for this year. And as he's riding in the car, he has this letter from the school. And he says, I, I just, Lord, I know that you told me. I know that you told me to put my kids in this school. And so as he's riding and he, he finally pulls up to his house and he gets inside and there's another letter waiting for him on the kitchen table. And this letter is from the company that, that Uh, tills and and keeps care of his crops and takes the grapes and makes it into wine uh, and all this stuff. And they send him this letter. And this is the only time ever that his vineyard has actually made any money. And it was $32,000. And it covered all of the family's expenses that they needed to put their kids in school. And in that moment, the only thing that, that John did was he got down on his knees and he just said, God, I don't even know who it is I worship. Like the fact that you did that on his knees, his first response was just to go, Lord, who are you? That you could do something so miraculous, that you could do something so powerful, I don't even know who you are. And I love that story because it is a story of someone who in their, in their time of need looks to the Lord and whenever something comes, his first response isn't to just shout up and down and rejoice and jump all over the place. His response is to go, Lord, who are you? I've been looking at you wrong this whole time. The fact that you are so powerful and so wonderful to do that is so amazing. And I tell you that story, and just about everyone that I know and I'm around have probably heard that story because I love telling it. And you may ask, well, Drew, why do you love telling it? Yeah, it's a cool story, but I love telling that story because it gives you a glimpse into some of the people that have changed my life. Mr. John has changed my life because of his love for the Lord and his passion for others and opening up his home and and whatever it looked like, Mr. John is one of those people who wants to see God's work done. And so they have changed my life and I want to tell others about them, okay? But can the same be said for my relationship with the Lord? Can you guys say the same thing about your relationship with the Lord? Can you guys look at your own life and say, gosh, Lord, you are so good. You have changed my life and I wanna proclaim his excellencies to everyone around. I wanna proclaim his excellencies. I wanna tell of the goodness of who God is because this is what he's done in my life. He's changed my heart. He's made me go from a prideful, arrogant sports kid who was just a bully in in elementary and middle school. That was my story. I was just a bully. And I just wanted to beat everyone at basketball. And the Lord has changed my heart. And I love to proclaim his excellencies. And so I wanna be up on stage and I wanna proclaim his excellencies, not only with my mouth, OK, I think a, a, a community that is on mission not only proclaims his excellencies with their mouth, but also with their actions. And so you may ask, well, what does that look like, Drew? What does it look like to proclaim His Excellency uh, not only with your mouth, but with your action? Just look back real quick. You guys, if you don't uh, if you can't get there, it's not up on screen. Um, chapter two verse one says this: "Put away all malice and all deceit. All hypocrisy and envy, and all slander. So, how do you live out some of these things? With uh, live in community on mission to proclaim His excellencies, not only with your mouth but with your actions. Hey, you put away slander. You stop talking bad about the people you you see across the room. You stop gossiping about one another and, and what they did uh, at school or laughing at somebody at school because they dropped their, whatever, whatever it may be, or, or bragging about how great you are at a sport. Hey, that's not what a kingdom community does. A kingdom community lifts one another up. They encourage one another. That is our goal. Groups that are exclusive I don't wanna say you can't have a close-knit friend group. You can, absolutely. Like if you wanna have three or four girls that you spend all your time with, or three or four guys you spend all your time with, that's great, but if somebody else comes in and wants to talk to you guys, they should feel welcomed. They should feel loved by you. And maybe that looks like something in community groups. Maybe you guys have some people or friends that you know, and like you don't wanna add anyone else in, or you don't really want to get to know other people. Guys, A community that is on mission is living out His excellencies, is living out His good love for one another. You guys have been chosen by God to be a part of this communal mission. That this isn't just something that you alone are doing, that you as a group are collectively living out this mission to proclaim His excellencies. So... I also wanted to say that you, you can't do life alone. If you look at uh, life and, and what's gonna be happening over the course of the next few years, you're gonna go through a lot of transition. And in my life, what I've, what I've uh, seen and experienced in the last two years versus the last two months have been a radically uh, different experience. The last two years, this is just a little bit of a, a personal story from me, Oh, Siri wanted to come on, uh, so um, <laughs> Siri was just on my uh, computer. Anyway, uh, personal story of the last two years versus the last two and a half months. The last two years, uh, the end of college, I was plagued by depression and anxiety, and I just some days I just couldn't get out of bed. And like I skipped some of my classes because I was just so anxious about what other people thought or I wasn't feeling anything. And so getting the motivation to get up and to go and do things was just impossible for me. I was isolated. I was by myself. I was in my room. Nobody was really investing into me. I didn't have that community to do life with. And so I was just down in the depths And I lost interest in a whole bunch of things that I used to love to do like volleyball and basketball and hanging out with people. Like all those things were just so far from what I wanted to do and I just felt like I lost it. And in the last two and a half months, the Lord has done something so wonderful in my own heart and in the hearts of the people around me is that he started to give me this community of people. And in this community, as I've stepped towards them, as I've said, I can't do life alone. I have to step towards them. I have to live in community. I have to be involved with the people I'm around because otherwise my heart goes silent. My heart goes dark. And I stop, uh, I stop remembering the good news of the Lord. And so I've been free from so much of my anxiety and depression. I've been uh, I've been plugged into community more, and I've been much more active. There's been growth in feelings and a reinterest in the things I used to love. And so the Lord has been showing me that I need the community that I've surrounded myself with, and that the community is on mission. And I wanted to continue to share that mission with you guys. That. As a group, as your community group, you guys are called to be on mission to proclaim his excellencies in both word and action. And so what you guys have now is an awesome opportunity. Right after this, you guys get to step into community groups. You guys get to take a step towards community. And I wanna say step with your whole heart Like don't do it half-hearted because if you do it half-hearted, if you just sit in group and, and you don't ask questions to other people or try to get to know other people, you're gonna be lacking and missing out on so many opportunities to get to know people who God has created and who you need as a brother and sister in Christ to live in community. You can't do life alone. And so push into one another and be vulnerable. Like ask good questions and be honest about where you are. Maybe something that's hard about the community that you're around at school. I think one of the questions that you guys will talk about is what's something that's really great about the community you're surrounded by and what's something that's like hard for you? This doesn't have to be this church community, but like maybe school. Like do you find it hard to fit in? And maybe allow somebody to step into that that may go to your school that can say, hey, maybe we can be friends. Maybe we can spend some more time together. I'd love to get to know you more. But uh, as... uh, As we close, I just want you guys to be thinking about that question uh, and to be thinking about the opportunity and how you can be vulnerable in small groups. And so as we do that, uh, I just wanted to close this in prayer and then you guys will head over to small groups. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you've given us an opportunity and that you've chosen to use your people uh, as as vessels and as uh, an opportunity to love one another, Lord. I pray that community groups today would be uh, fun and continue to get to know one another in a really sweet and awesome way. We're so thankful for what you're doing in our lives. Help us to love you more. In Jesus' name, amen.